The reading this evening comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, beginning at the first verse. If you would like to follow it in the Church Bibles, it's on page 1077. John 11, 1. Now, a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you were going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, please write the truths about Jesus in our minds and our hearts so that our lives would be lived in the light of them. Amen. Our main focus today is on Jesus' famous statement, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, 
And we need to start by making sure we understand the context of that statement. We're not sure where Jesus was precisely uh, at the time of the events recorded at the beginning of our reading today. He was certainly on the east bank of the Jordan, probably quite a long way north of uh, Jerusalem. And as we heard, a messenger came to him from Mary and Martha, the two sisters who lived in Bethany, which was a couple of miles from Jerusalem. And that message was to the effect that their brother, Lazarus, uh, who Jesus also knew, uh, was ill. Uh, They were clearly hoping that Jesus would come and make him well. And Jesus' response to that is interesting and instructive. He responded, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. So note, first of all, he prophesied that Lazarus' illness would not end in death. But then he explained the reason for Lazarus' illness. Lazarus was ill in order to bring glory to God, specifically through the glorification of God's Son, Jesus, in other words. That's quite striking, isn't it? And it may initially surprise you, but the Bible says similar things on a number of occasions. If you were just to turn back in your Bibles to chapter 9 and look at the beginning of chapter 9, you'd read this. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now the immediate question that might arise in your mind is, so does that mean God causes suffering? Well, no, but he unquestionably allows it, doesn't he? We experience that all the time. And what this is showing us is he uses it for his purposes. Now, go to verses 5 and 6. In fact, can I urge you to have this in front of you, if you haven't got it in front of you? It's on page 1077 of the Church Bibles, and it really is worth just noting closely what Jesus said here. This is verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days. Now, it's easy to assume that what the Bible is saying about all of this is God uses suffering and the problem is uh, he gets the glory and we get the pain. But but just note what those verses say. They say that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, so he stayed for two more days. And what was the result of him staying two more days? Well, at very least, that resulted in Mary and Martha mourning for two more days. And in all probability, it resulted in Lazarus dying before he reached Bethany. But he says he caused that delay because he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. 
And he says a related thing later about the disciples. Uh, Do you remember from our reading, uh, the disciples somewhat woodenly understood that when he said Lazarus slept, they meant, oh, that's good, he'll get well. And Jesus then said plainly, Lazarus is dead. And then he went on, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Do you see what he's saying? He is saying that this illness is for the glory of God and it's for the benefit of Mary and Martha and the disciples and, yes, even Lazarus. And and if you doubt that, just think for a moment. Think about the situation, let's say, a week after Lazarus had been raised. Do you think that anyone involved, including Lazarus, would have thought, yeah, I still wish Jesus had not come, had come earlier and healed Lazarus before he died. I bet none of them thought that. They had seen the glory of God in a truly incredible miracle. Imagine how they felt about it. Imagine how Lazarus felt about it. Imagine how immeasurably strengthened their faith in Jesus was. Imagine how that changed their entire outlook on their lives. Oh yes, this was for the glory of God. But part of the glory of God was the revelation of himself to all these people. Let's return to the sequence of events. Yes, so Jesus stayed two more days where he was, but he then announced he was heading off to Bethany. Now Bethany was in Judea. And the disciples were understandably concerned about that because Jesus had left Judea in order to get away from those who were trying to kill him. And to return seemed, to say the least, a trifle reckless. Furthermore, from what Jesus had said, uh, they thought Lazarus was just simply going to be all right. But, But Jesus was insistent and somewhat reluctantly, the disciples came along too, with Thomas memorably commenting... Um, where, where does he comment? Yes, uh, in verse 16, let's go with him that we may die with him. Commendable commitment, if somewhat limited understanding. Worth noting that, by the way, from Thomas. He's always called Doubting Thomas. But, but actually, note that commitment he had to Jesus at this point. But that's beside the point. What What happened was, of course, Jesus arrived in Bethany eventually, and we heard that he was greeted on the outskirts of the village by Martha. And Martha said this to him, verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. A number of people think that was something of a reproach, and and of course it may have been. But don't forget, Martha may not have known that Jesus had delayed coming. And in any event, from her point of view, she may simply have been stating the blindingly obvious. She knew Jesus could heal, and she was saying, if only you'd have been here, you could have healed him, but you weren't. So there we are. In other words, it may have actually been actually expressing faith in Jesus, his faith power to heal, but sadly he wasn't there. At least the next thing she said uh, was an expression of faith. Verse 22, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Was she hoping, expecting that Jesus would raise Lazarus from the dead? Well, she may have been. But her later reluctance to open the tomb doesn't suggest that she was. 
Uh, she may simply have been saying to Jesus, but in spite of the fact that my brothers died, I, I, I still do believe you are very close to God. I'm still committed to you, Jesus. And, and Jesus used what she had said to lead her into a deeper understanding of himself. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know, he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. As was pointed out a few weeks ago, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead, but all other pious Jews did so on the authority of what we call the Old Testament. They believed that God would ultimately come in judgment and salvation, and that when he did so, those who were godly would rise again from the the, the dead. And it was in the light of that declaration of faith in God's salvation that Jesus made his great statement. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So what did Jesus mean by that? It's actually quite easy to assume, without really analysing it too closely, that all that Jesus meant was, I have power to raise people from the dead. A big enough claim in itself. And in particular, I have power to raise Lazarus. And doubtless that was included in his meaning. But did you note that Martha didn't understand him uh, to be saying that? There's no sign she got excited or or that in any way she believed that a great miracle was about to happen. But what is clear is she understood that Jesus had made an enormous statement about himself because she responded, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is come into the world. Do you see what's happened? Jesus had led Martha from a generalised belief in God's salvation into an acknowledgement that that salvation was found in Jesus, into a personal commitment to Jesus. So let's look a bit more closely at what Jesus said. First of all, resurrection. Uh, Martha had declared that she knew her brother Lazarus would rise from the dead at the last day. And Jesus responded, I am the resurrection. In other words, yes, that resurrection is true, but it's found in me. I have the power to bring about that resurrection. I determine... Uh, when it will occur, and in relation to whom it will occur. And he went on immediately to expand upon that. Second half of verse 25. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Who is it who will rise from the dead? It's those who believe in Jesus. Now, of course, for Martha, that was good news because she knew that her brother was committed to Jesus. 
So for her, that was reassurance. But of course, Jesus' statement is quite general. He wasn't just talking about Lazarus. He was saying that everyone who believes in him will rise from the dead. And we just need to reflect on that. It's easy to race on, but we need to reflect on it. It is a huge statement. If we believe and trust in Jesus, even though we die, we will rise again. Do you believe that? Do, do, do you live your life in the light of that? If I'm honest, I have to say that, yeah, I do believe it, but I don't always live my life in the light of it. And we must. We must allow this truth to put everything else in our lives into perspective. Our successes and failures, the good things and the bad things, the highs and the lows, all need to be put in the perspective of the fact that if we believe and trust in Jesus, even though we die, we will rise again. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to adopt an attitude of prayer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that statement that Jesus made about resurrection and then just leave a gap of one minute. I can assure you it will feel a lot longer than one minute. And I'd urge that in that minute, you think about Jesus' statement and pray that Jesus would enable you to live your life in the light of it. Is that all right? So, could everyone adopt an attitude of prayer? Jesus said, I am the resurrection. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Amen. Okay, so Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. But that's not all he said, is it? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And the life. What, what does that mean? Um, does, was Jesus simply adding a few words to emphasize what he'd been saying? Or explaining that if you were raised from the dead, then you have life again? A somewhat obvious statement, I would have thought. Uh, no. I don't think he was, because he went on to expand that statement as well. Take a look at verse 26. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Actually, the original Greek says, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. The translators of our church Bibles have strayed into interpretation in their translation. But but it it really doesn't matter, because all of the subtly different interpretations of what Jesus meant are in fact true. And we know that because Jesus said very similar things on a number of different occasions. Think about this. When Jesus was discussing things with some of his opponents on one occasion, he said this, Very truly... I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. That's John 8, uh, 51, 57, sorry. Then think what he said to Nicodemus. 
Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, that's him, must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. That's John 3, 14 and 15. And then what about this? Jesus said that the, what I'm about to quote, after he had healed a crippled man on the Sabbath and he was def- defending his ministry and he took the opportunity to say this, just as the Father, God, raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son, him, gives life to who he is pleased to give it. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has passed over from death to life. Note that. What Jesus was saying, that, that, sorry, I should have said, that's um, John 5, 21 and 24, if you want to look it up afterwards. But note it. What Jesus was saying is that if we believe and trust in him, we have passed over from death to life. Now, there's a huge number of things that can be said about that, but, but think about the following. We've moved from a position in which we were alienated from God and indeed enemies of God, spiritual death, to a position in which we are accepted by God and in communion with God, spiritual life, life in and with the Holy Spirit. We've moved from a position in which we are unable to overcome our wrongful desires and inclinations to a position in which we are being transformed by the Holy Spirit. We've moved from a position in which all that we are is decaying and ends in death to a position in which, though we are physically decaying, yet inwardly, spiritually, we are being renewed day by day, to quote Paul in 2 Corinthians 4. And that new quality of life can never be taken away from us. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die, Jesus said. You see, whoever believes in Jesus has not just physical life, but spiritual life. They have eternal life. I say they, but I trust I mean we. And and if you don't believe in trust in Jesus, please do come and talk to me afterwards. It's so important. You, You need to at least think about it. In fact, you need to do something about it. If we have that eternal life... It is what it says on the tin, eternal. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Can I suggest we do what I did a moment ago in relation to I am the resurrection? I will read that, uh, what Jesus said again, and then we'll have a minute just to reflect on it and pray we'd live our lives in the light of it. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus said, I am the life. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Amen. There's one last thing to note 
in relation to what Jesus said. The definite article. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, This point has been made in most of the sermons in this series. Jesus' claims are exclusive. He didn't say, you will find resurrection in life and life in me. You may find them elsewhere, but I'm here and you'll find them in me. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Or I could put the emphasis differently. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, Let let me give a, a contrasting analogy. Imagine that we were in central London late one Saturday evening. And uh, one of you said, um, how are we going to get home? Can we get back to Blackheath? I might say, well, uh, are we in time for the last train? And if you were to say, oh, no, actually, actually, we can still catch it. Well, that's fine. That would get us back to Blackheath. But, but if you were to say, no, I'm afraid we've missed that, that wouldn't be the end of the story, would it? I might say, well... Have we got time to get across to the DLR? And if we haven't got that? All right, there are night buses or taxis. There are many ways of getting from central London to Blackheath, aren't there? That is not true of eternal life. There's only one way. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Note again that reference to the life. You see, there's only one question that in the end matters. Do you believe and trust in Jesus? Because if we do, then we have that eternal life. We have moved into a position of acceptance and communion with God. We have the Holy Spirit with us to transform, equip, guide, live our lives with us. But if the answer is no, if we don't trust and believe in Jesus, then we remain in a state of enmity with God. We remain on our own, we remain subject to that physical decay. If we trust in Jesus, then on Jesus' promise... That life will go on forever, and ultimately we will be raised from the dead. If we do not, then none of that applies. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, we all know what happened next, don't we? Martha went and fetched her sister Mary at Jesus' request, And together, together also with some of the people who were with them, they went to Lazarus's tomb. Uh, Lazarus had been there four days, so he was well and truly dead. If you see what I mean, there are no degrees of being dead, but there was no doubt that he was dead. And Martha, as we heard, was somewhat reluctant to open the tomb, but Jesus insisted And having done so, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with linen and a cloth round his face. Then Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Must have been incredible. Can you imagine? It was a stunning miracle. Now, to be clear... 
Lazarus was not resurrected in the same way that Jesus was resurrected. Lazarus was restored to his former physical condition. His life was extended, but not transformed. He was ultimately going to die again. So you could quibble that Jesus actually hadn't demonstrated that he could give eternal life. Uh, But that would be to miss the point entirely. Jesus had demonstrated he had power over death. And and who has power over death? Surely, Surely only God has power over death. At the very least, Jesus had indicated that he had God's full endorsement for what he was doing and saying. And actually, if you think about it carefully, he had demonstrated uh, authority for his implicit claim that he and God the Father are one. It was a truly incredible miracle. And it doubtless completely transformed the worldview of all those who were there. And it should transform our worldview as well. All our attitudes and approach to life should be based on this fact. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in Jesus will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in Jesus will never die. With the help of God, let's make sure that we base our lives on those truths. Amen.